0: You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of February 18, 2018, episode 68. From the City by the Sailor Sea, I am A.J. Barsay.
1: And straight out of 98226, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, a while ago, A.J. and I arrived at the intersection of digital and analog. The view here is pretty nice. We're stopping for a while to have a cup of coffee. Won't you join us for a while? This is the Bellingham Podcast. Greatest part of waking up This is Bellingham
0: podcast you in your, your ears. Yeah, that's it. How's it going, AJ? Good. A lot better than I have in the last couple of weeks, Chris. How you doing?
1: Uh, I was test driving my announcer voice in that hook, so uh, I don't know. Uh, giving it a try. Otherwise, doing pretty well. Uh, glad that we're over halfway through. Uh, February, the yep. shortest month of the year, yep. and I'm starting to see the sun peek out every couple minutes, teasing us like uh, of things yet to come. So, and, and yet, yesterday it snowed. So yes, you and know. more in the forecast later on. In a lot of ways, wah,
0: so, wah, wah, wah. that's right.
1: That's w- how life is up here. And what is it? The 49th parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, what are we talking about today?
0: So we are, like you mentioned in the hook, we are uh, taking on uh, a look at our analog endeavors, and this is kind of kind of coming out of the last two episodes that we've done where you know you and i are quite uh fed up with digital lately and we're not renouncing it it's not like we're burning our iphones but in our daily life it's good to strike a balance and being disconnected a little bit and being able to be a little bit more uh tactile uh with our our things that we have with us or as to quote chris
1: The things that bring you joy. That's right. And we got to, I I just am tired for having to look at a screen all day. And I'm sure it's having uh, repercussions on my system that I'll find out later on in life. But, um, you know, it's been around for centuries. Let's talk about ways that we don't have to look at a screen and do stuff. So um, I'm a working schmuck, just like a whole lot of y'all out there listening. And Monday through Friday, I. Uh, go from my car to the office and I have stuff that I carry with me. And in previous episodes, I talked about uh, bags and, and and notebooks and pens and all this other stuff. And, and no, I'm not a shill for a company, but, you know, I give it a try. I'll go first. And, uh, you know, in this season, as we're in late winter, uh, before the Ides of March or the I, I Weeds, Ides, Weeds. I'd, uh, the Ides of March. Yeah, that's something like that. Uh, I've, I've been working on slimming down my carry that I, that I take with me and what can I get away with and also just what can I uh, jot my thoughts down and, and process with that doesn't involve having to get thumb cramps tapping into a phone.
0: So, one of the things that you mentioned is we we love bags we I mean you, me,
1: we're aficionados. Uh, we
0: are aficionados of 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 bags, largely because you and I are not the backpack kind of sort unless I mean unless we're hitting a trail or something, yeah, but we're also not the um let me cinch up my tie and whip out my briefcase. That's not our thing. It doesn't work with our within our workflow and and what we do for a living uh Chris what what are you what are you doing for a bag these days are you still rocking that big uh, canvas bag the car by- bag Car-Hart, yeah
1: a, few, a number of episodes back I, I wanted to uh, try a different route and go with a rugged uh, uh, bag to carry my stuff and you know if it's good enough for those that are working outdoors and and, and I got biggest props, Full full respect for y'all that are employing the Carhartt brand, uh, whether it's your wardrobe or accessories of what you carry. Um, I found that just having a huge container to store stuff in, stuff gets jumbled about. Well, you are a minimalist, so it's not uh, like you have a lot of stuff. Well, those very few things that I carry around (laughs) in that bag get jumbled about. Right. So I did some more research as per usual, and I happened to discover... Well, first of all, let me me back up. What do I carry with me? I got an iPad Pro 12.9. I got uh, a couple pens, uh, a little notebook, some miscellaneous uh, USB drives, some business cards, and uh, that's not a lot else as far as what I would take with me every day for what I would want to have just in case. Yeah, and my phone too. So, did some research online and there happens to be this not very uh, well-known company out there called Everkey, Everkey, uh, it's Everki, Everki, it's E V E R K I, and uh, you know they have a very uh, stylish website and they have messenger bags, they have briefcases, they've got the whole gamut. But I locked in on uh, the Everkey Venue XL. Uh, it's not really XL. It's it's a vertical type messenger sling bag in in a lot of ways. Uh, the strap, I it's tactile for me because it feels like a seat belt. Yeah, I and like and while I, I have uh, that Chrome Industries uh, uh, messenger bag that was like a turtle shell on the back of me that and was made of a seatbelt and the click lock thing, uh, this one has a very burly uh, strap, ergonomically uh, pleasing to me, and it only carries the essentials. When I saw the video, because all, all gear has these videos on YouTube uh, where they're talking about, look at all the stuff you could throw into our – and I'm like – well, I got that, I got that, and I got that, and I'm putting that in there. I was like, that's pretty much my everyday carry from what I'm watching on this video. And I'm like, okay. So checking out the price, all right. I looked around. Uh, it's not that accessible on uh, Amazon or some of the other areas. So I had to be, I was able to locate a particular store in California that had it and uh, got it. And I've been kicking around for about, not kicking around, I've been auditioning it for a couple months now uh, through at least the December, January season. And I gotta say, it's it's really nice. It feels like a holster for a gun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's, on my hip.
0: It's it's so and it's in black, of course. And I think it's is it orange piping? There's a little bit
1: of orange piping, and yeah, I will allow piping to enter my life. Uh, There's a little bit of color. In the otherwise bleak uh, view, that is my dark wardrobe. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, it's stylish. And what I really have enjoyed uh, are some of the magnets that it has. It doesn't have a snap or a a loop or a belt uh, hook feature or anything like that. It's got two internal magnets that has one that when when there's not a lot of stuff in there, it goes and locks into uh, one magnet. And if you have a good deal of stuff, it'll go to the upper magnet. Hmm. Uh, so you're not having this flap, flap, flapping around, which is nice. Plus on the other side, there's a nice little internal uh, compartment to store my phone. They, they thought of a lot of things as far as how can you carry this? How can you have accessibility to a lot of things? And how can it be protected in all, in all seasons? Yeah. So, I'm a, I'm a fan and uh, been working with the Everki Venue XL. Got a link in the show notes, as per always, because we talk. You know, we want you to check these sites out as you're uh, listening to the show. But uh, so that's the bag that I'm working with, and then I made a couple other changes along the analog writing right. uh, things, and I've talked about Baron Fig, still down with Baron Fig, down with the Bullet Journal, down with Leuchtturm. mostly I like them all, right? <laughs> a paper is good. <laughs> let's just let's just <laughs> paper. The paper's good, but uh, you know, as I'm carrying something back and forth with me, I want to be able to jot some notes down, get something out of my head, and organize a list of some things of of what I need to do, and. Out of all the notebooks that I have, you know, the, there are some that I want to have at home in my dedicated space where I'm journaling or logging my my day. That's cool. But if I want to just get random thoughts, um, I, I I'm a fan of Field Notes, uh, based in Chicago, Illinois.
0: Yep, here in the good U.S. of A.
1: That's right, and the, uh, I've always been a fan of their. In a clever series of little notebooks, they're three and a half by five or so. But there was one uh, series in particular that they kind of leveled up. They 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 put the old air pump into their notebooks and came up with uh, a I believe it is a four and three quarter by seven and a half notebook. So that's about the size of my hand in some cases. And it's pitch black naturally, which appeals to me, but it's the larger of the notebook as opposed to the memo book uh, for uh, field notes. And I decided that, you know, for a two pack of these notebooks, 60 some pages uh, for about 12 bucks, I'll play. And it It's nice and slim inside an RFID blocking little zipper uh, thing that can store a passport or other things in my bag, and uh, I've been carrying that around with me. And if I go to a meeting uh, or something, I'll bring that with me and take jot some notes down. It doesn't really have a theme to it; it's a catch-all, which is helpful.
0: And it's and it's pitch black. And it's black. That's right.
1: That's right. And then uh, for writing, you know, I've talked about Lamy safaris and I've talked about Tombow uh, pens and et cetera, et cetera. I really have. Found myself. What am I? What am I using on a regular basis? Uh, Stadler? Stadler?
0: Yeah, Stadler? We got a link in the show yeah, notes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but basically, they have a, a pigment liner, three hundred eight pen. Uh, for those of you playing at home, it's the gray pen that is 0.3 millimeters. What? Uh, it does not bleed, and I'm a left handed uh, writer, so therefore, as I'm writing, it does not. My hand smear. Does not smear. Uh, it works well with some of the paper in these notebooks where it doesn't bleed through, right. And uh, it's really you know bold. Uh, you got to keep it capped because if it's exposed to air, it might get a little dry, and that is a sign of you know taking care of your equipment. So I've, I've been rolling with uh, Staedtler pigment liner 308 pens uh, in this everyday carry. So so
0: how much so with your the your bag your 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 pad of paper and your pen mm-hmm. how much is your everyday carry how much is the like the, the Verki and stuff
1: uh, the Verki will probably get you around uh, 100 to 120. Okay, uh, it's an investment and the pitch black is a two pack for 12 and the Staedtler pigment is right around 350 or 4. Mm-hmm. So I'm rocking less than 150 bucks in my everyday carry. Now, I also store my Apple EarPods in there, and I also store my iPhone, so if you want to put a price tag on those. Oh, no, 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 I'm just saying, the, out of the list that you yes, mentioned. Yes, yes. Uh, I would say it's about 150 bucks to go analog, with Big what it. I'm carrying. And, you know, you get yourself a bunch of business cards to throw in there, well, you know, you can get them for free, or if you actually care about the card you're giving to people, uh, drop 40 bucks on Zazzle.com. It's a Ormoo. great Or moo.com. Great websites to be able to get uh, some business cards. And if, you know, Let's, we'll talk about Hoban Press in the future because they are OMG amazing. But we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, so yeah, less than 150. Get Dig your it. analog life uh, rolling.
0: Dig it. Well, speaking of analog, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM.
1: Low power.
0: Community radio here in the heart of the city of analog subdued excitement.
1: I like it. <laughs> so AJ, uh, for the past couple episodes, you have been uh, checking out technology technology dependency uh, in some ways, technological dependency, I guess, would be a, a way of talking about it. How are you uh, working towards a simple life?
0: So, one of the things that I've so in all of all of our rants, whether it's on the mic or off the mic, one of the things that I keep coming back to is uh, I feel like Yogi Bear. You know, like I want to have the the bare necessities. No, that wasn't Yogi. Who was that? That was Blue, Blue from the Jungle Book. Okay, I got the bare necessities. That's right. That's kind of how I've been feeling, and recently. It hit me with my photography. Um, One of the things I talk about on my Patreon is this thing that in the photography community and, and in most communities, musicians, anything that deals with gear, you get hit with gear lust. Oh, yeah. And you just start swooning over the latest whatever or this piece of old whatever or man, I really wish I had this whatever because it would make me better, stronger, faster, whatever and recently i've been doing that largely because it's a new year and i'm thinking about what acquisitions i want my business to to get and i i was looking at several different pieces of kit and something kind of fell in my lap but there was a silent auction uh here locally and i was the winning bid of an old fuji uh st605n film body just 35 millimeter film the light meter in it was toast uh, but it was, it's, it's full mechanical. You don't need, to, there is no batteries required to take a picture.
1: For those of us that aren't aware of, uh, the specs on this camera, about what decade would this be? Uh, uh 70, for, I, for the best I could date it, I think it
0: was 76, 77, 78. Okay. Uh, Fuji made it for a while. Uh, but it looks like a, uh, a vintage DS, uh, not vintage DSLR, but a vintage SLR single lens reflex camera. And when I got it, I had it with the intent of it needed some work. So I'm kind of handy. So I, I replaced the light seals and I cleaned it out and rehabbed the mirror and the, the there's a focusing plane in it uh, and stuff. And it was just a fun project. And out of it, I was going to rack some film. Well, a friend and, and colleague, uh, I'll, matter of fact, I'll put a link to his his Instagram and his photography in the show notes. Uh, he hooked me up because uh, my birthday was around the corner and he gifted me because He saw that I was getting bit by the film bug. He gifted me something that I I would qualify as a holy grail camera for me, which is the Olympus OM-1. Now, if you don't know what this OM-1 is, I put a link to the uh, Wikipedia article on it. And when you see this thing, it looks stylish, first off. You look at this piece of uh, equipment, and as a photographer, you're like, oh, man, this this looks skookum. Then you put it in your hands and you feel the weight of it. You feel everything is metal.
1: Metal. I am, I'm a fan of metal. It yes. did come in all black. Of I have course the sil- sh- Of course it does.
0: I have the silver and black model, which I prefer. But uh, it, it it dawned on me that I had this camera and just like the the Fuji and I'm like, I haven't racked some film in a while. So I, I, I loaded the OM-1 with a roll of, of Kodak 200 film. And uh, 200 is representative of the speed. And uh, I located a lens uh, off of the eBay uh, in cl- in clean condition, and I've been I I actually processed my f- my first roll of color film this last week, and uh, my Patreon will have some stuff. Uh, I already put some stuff on my Instagram, but what what's been interesting about this OM one? It's 1972. It's actually earlier than the the Fuji that I picked up. Is it's been nice to slow down, and it's been nice to actually practice the art of photography again. Because in doing this, I realized photographers we've gotten lazy, mm-hmm. and I'll be the first one to point the finger at myself because I have forgot. Like there's there's old style rules like the the sunny sixteen rule or the overcast eight rule. All of these things that we as photographers used to know off the top of our heads, but now we are heavily reliant on batteries and the computer inside these cameras and especially for me uh as a mirrorless shooter i can see my exposure before i take a photo and i I typically my style I, i typically visualize a photo before i take it naturally but when you're dealing with film you have no choice you don't get to look back and go oh man did my subject blink and it's kind of nice it's kind of nice to slow down and think and also uh, for a while there, because I had to locate a battery for this camera. This camera's meter does still work, but again, not required. I can take full frame photos. You'll hear that in the photography community a lot. Full frame being full, thirty five millimeter photos, and you can pick up one of these clean on eBay for fifty bucks with a with a lens. Hmm. If you were to do the same thing in a Sony body, you're looking at you know fifteen hundred bones. Full frame for full frame. Now you're right. It's one's digital, one's not. But here's the thing. At the end of the day. As long as I have film, I don't even have to have a battery. I can take a photo. And I can do it in black and white and color too. Like I can be stylistic. Hashtag no filter. Film is the original no filter. And it's just been refreshing. So I, I processed my first roll of film. I took some pictures, not for client work, just for me. Because that's the thing that I've, I noticed recently in my photography is I focus so much on my client work or my contract work or uh, just work. And I've I missed having a camera on me to do stuff that I want to do. And so this has been my project with it. Uh, I have a shout out locally, Quicksilver, who is our local film uh, and camera shop here in Bellingham, uh, just up the street from another place we're going to talk about in a second. But Quicksilver, uh, if you're listening, you guys are goods. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chris, I took you to Quicksilver and I think you mentioned they have one of the coolest soundtracks in, uh, in Bellingham.
1: Yeah, this could be a 15 minute rant, but I'll uh, <laughs> save y'all from, uh, enduring that. No, when we were, when we're in Quicksilver now, I'm not a photography aficionado. I'm just kind of, you know, playing security, uh, <laughs> cause we're going to go to lunch afterwards. But, uh, I come in there and I'm hearing classic blues guitar and I'm like, I love this place already. And how nice that they have a place where one, probably the proprietor, uh, picked the music, himself sure and uh is not playing on you're listening to the in-house radio network uh for this but it sets a mood of relaxation of fun when was the last time you went to a store and felt relaxed with a oonce 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 techno soundtrack or some of these pop hits that are playing in there or muzak muzak or something like that if you got some music does so much for uh, establishing the mood, and I'm going to talk about the music experience uh, later on. Uh, in uh, when I talk about uh, what's across the street from Quicksilver, but anyway, don't want to steal the thunder. Uh, Quicksilver is a great location, and for those of you that are wanting to check out the analog life of photography, or to check something out, or actually get a camera on the cheap and yeah. and and do a, and have fun when the uh, when the weather gets nice out there that here's your place to go to get it developed.
0: Yeah. And they're local. What's also great about it is like, Chris you're, is 100% right. Like if you wanted to try out analog or heck, even if you have digital, they also have, uh, you can buy uh, used or new gear from them. Their used cabinet is awesome. Uh, matter of fact, a colleague of ours, when I was uh, down picking up some film, he ended up buying a, another, uh, film body. It was a hundred bucks, you know, and it was literally brand new. I'd never been used before, so I mean, there's some great deals there. Uh, the staff's knowledgeable, but here's the reason why I also went down this uh, route of of doing taking photos and and kind of re rediscovering my alchemy of of light and and time. Is with 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 film photography, the one thing I kept hearing, especially growing up, is oh, film is really expensive. Oh man, and and with digital nowadays, you hear this. Oh man, you can't even get your film developed anymore. Yes, you can. So little known fact, if you see Rite Aid and Walgreens, if they have a photo on it, that's not just a place to print your photos. You can actually still drop off 35 millimeter film and have it processed. It'll range in your area. It's usually around 10 to 15 bucks a roll. And they uh, will give you a DVD or CD of the, the actual scans of it too, which is really nice. Uh, for me, I, I like having negatives. I don't need prints or contact sheets or anything because I can do all of that myself. But uh, here's what's nice: if you shoot color film, and by the way, you can find film. You, you're probably thinking, "Well, where can I find film other than Quicksilver?" Did you know that Higgins over in Barkley Village, Chris, you can buy Fuji film four pack for twenty bucks?
1: That's not bad. Uh, it's not the place you would think about no. getting uh, analog uh, camera film.
0: Yeah, it's right there next to their their batteries and stuff. But there's still you can still find film, and Yeah. Okay. So you can pick up four rolls, twenty bucks. Okay. Cool. Now you get it processed. Quicksilver. You can get a roll of film. Now they process only once a week, so you have a little bit of downtime to see what your your prints look like.
1: To build anticipation for the product.
0: Exactly. Four dollars and fifty cents to process your color roll.
1: So let's break this down. (laughs) I knew you would. So you got you got the silent auction for the camera. Yeah. We'll say fifty bucks for a a film camera. Fifty bucks for the for the device. Yeah. Uh, five bucks for a roll of film. Yeah. Uh, five, Four bucks, what is it? Four bucks for a color roll of film. So you're in for about, process. about 60 bucks. Do you need a lens or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you can
0: pick up, depending on what kind of camera you pick up uh, at auction, if it's a fixed lens or an interchangeable lens like the one, like the OM-1. Lenses range based off of focal length and you can spend totally gonzo money on lenses. But you can kit yourself up for a 100 bucks for an analog camera. A good analog camera that you can experiment and work on the art of photography again.
1: Should you be uh, among the lucky to get a tax return this season? What a wonderful experience this could be to outfit yourself with an analog camera and go out to the, oh, I don't know, Tulip Festival in yeah. Skagit County or go out to, oh, I don't know, Farmer's Market and just start snapping some pictures and have a fun project for with a loved one or with a youngster or something else like that to try that process. Remember how our parents used to take pictures of us all the time and such?
0: Well, and that's the other thing is as a dad, like that's, that's something that really dawned on me is a lot, of, a lot of other families that I, uh, you know, do play dates with, so often it's like, oh, let me show you this photo. Everybody whips out their phone. When's the last time short of wedding pictures or a major anniversary pictures, do you actually have people actually have pictures on hand? And so that really jarred me as a photographer. I'm like, I want to actually capture moments on a chunk of celluloid that is agnostic of ones and zeros I don't have to worry about things that are going to go out of date or is my software going to process it. It's film. I want that type of backup. And so anyway, I'll get off my soapbox a little bit. But uh, check out Quicksilver. If you're doing black and white film, they process black and white film in-house. It's about 8 bucks a roll as well.
1: Very cool. And across the street from Quicksilver, uh, there is a a fine dining establishment in Bellingham that some of you may not be aware of. I wasn't. What (laughs) used to be uh, wasabi sushi uh, went under new management some time ago, but I think it bears making mention. There's a place called Muto, M-U-T-O, ramen and Ichibawa, Ikebaya's house. So basically you get a lot of... Uh, Asian uh, Japanese cuisine and uh, in a really cool location downtown just a hop, skip and a jump away from the uh, farmer's market downtown on railroad. But uh, they specialize in ramen bowls of food. Now college students out there, we all know about uh, Top Ramen and and how that can be a very inexpensive meal. But it's kind of like, you know, having a, a Big Mac when you have the ability to have steak. <laughs> or I was
0: going to say actually grill your own. But yeah. yeah.
1: So now AJ, you weren't aware of this place that no. I dragged you to. Uh, however, you've been to Japan. Yeah. And you've had bowls of ramen, Authentic ramen. In, yeah. in, the, in the motherland.
0: Yeah. And so that that was really interesting is uh, I I've I mean, anybody who's gone through college, you kind of get disgusted by top ramen. And it's interesting knowing, knowing that now the history of why uh, instant ramen was created, which is very cool. But uh, being over there and, and uh, visiting my my buddy, one of the things he introduced me to was actual ramen. And so we actually went to the uh, the Ramen Museum where you actually walk through vintage, like 1950s, 60s streets of, of Japan. And you go to all these different uh, storefronts and you try different regional uh, delicacies of ramen. And it was mind-blowing. And now, yes, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, it's soup. There is a lot more to it than just... The noodles and the, the, the water, the broth, the stock, all of that is region-specific to each bowl of ramen. And there's a purpose and, and a reason behind it because of where they are on the island. But you can't really find – it's hard to find it here in the States. Once you've had it and you come back here, you know, you're very limited um mudo is actually pretty good it's it's it is an american take on it but uh it's the closest thing that i've had since i've been in tokyo
1: so as far as uh your experience in japan for uh that ramen uh experience which was your favorite back then
0: uh all of them I, them. i i i don't have one specific one offhand uh, any any well, anything with seafood in it, I'm always game. But you're
1: an equal opportunity uh, slurper.
0: Absolutely, I slurp <laughs> loud and proud because it tastes delicious. Very
1: cool. So, in addition to that, they have sushi. They have uh, rice bowls. Uh, name your name your healthy uh food of choice. They probably got it there at Muto. So, uh, give it a try sometime downtown Bellingham. This is in the 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 left atrium of downtown, uh, the heart yeah. of downtown Bellingham.
0: It's across from uh, what is that bike shop? Coulson Bikes. Is that there's a bike shop on the corner, and then
1: you got Mudo. And one of the best parts about that restaurant that I noticed, and here comes of that course. theme again. Here it uh, is. As we're sitting in the restaurant, and you know, the, you hear the you hear the ambient chatter of. Mm-ts, 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 uh, mm-ts, not exactly. I'm no, just no, no, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you hear the ambient chatter of the of the other people in the restaurant having their conversations. All of a sudden, as we're having our food, I'm hearing this wonderfully sparse, jazzy piano, light piano, wafting through their speakers at a volume that does not make make me take notice. Uh, Brian Eno often referred to ambient music as music that is uh, not to be uh, to be heard but not to be uh, made aware of. I butchered that quote. But still, I'm hearing this music and I'm like, that is beautiful. It adds to the vibe, the classy experience that is this restaurant. Very classy. And once again, uh, <laughs> there could be other restaurants that you go to that don't have that kind of classy atmosphere as evidenced by the music you're listening to. To Take note, next time you go to a restaurant or go to a store, what are you listening to? And how does it affect your mood? That is your challenge of the week, listeners. You hear it here first. But anyway, Muto uh, Ramen House uh, on Chestnut Street, I believe, uh, going up the hill. Uh, Give it a try sometime. I think you might like it. And speaking of how a song can uh, trigger an emotion, or a, a vibe with you um, in in my Quiet Conversations newsletter this week, I pretty much told a story about a song and how uh, a long lost experience of enjoying this song was refound again in this modern age. And uh, it's amazing how music can it can invoke an emotion or evoke memories. Uh, I wrote about it. <laughs> it was a cool story. It was uh, a really cool story. Chris. Thank you very much. So, uh, in the show notes, if you want to check things out, uh, check out the Bitly Quiet Chris link in there. Uh, probably uh, sign up for the newsletter if you wish. It's it's fun time. But I, I'm really like paying attention to the impact that music has in our life. So, uh, in addition to music, there's also plenty of other things on 102.3 FM KMRE. Low power. Community radio in the city of subdued excitement, that is Bellingham, Washington. I think we should stick a fork in this episode, AJ.
0: Yeah, so that wraps up for this uh, 68th edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you. 68?
1: 68.
0: We've been at this for 68 (laughs) episodes? Can you imagine? Actually, 68 episodes at 30 minutes a pop. At 30 minutes a pop, maybe longer in the earlier days. Yeah, the earlier days. Wow, that's
1: a lot of talking. I need a drink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that note, thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us on uh, wherever you love to get your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google or Chris's favorite. Tune in radio. TuneIn in radio. Uh, thank you again so much. I'm AJ Barsay. And
1: I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for listening to us on the Bellingham podcast. That was my announcer voice again. Did you like that? That was good. That All was right. Good. I'm still working on it though.